you know, Frosty the Snowman, it's truly the most quintessential Christmas song. It introduces a beloved figure who invites the children to come to him, gets into an altercation with state authorities. Right, the hollering stop. And then he dies, but promises to be back again one day. Frosty is a Christ figure. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Catherine. And we're I'll Be Pod for Castmas, a seasonal podcast where we overanalyze Christmas pop songs and movies and put them into conversation with some unlikely pieces of literature. Don't be a Grinch! Join us on I'll Be Pod for Castmas on the Moonshot Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I fail to solve an ARG, and Marn tells me what I should have done instead. Yes, and we are rounding out the year and episode 100 of this podcast with Woo! finishing Find the Lost Ring. It's it's exciting to be here for episode 100. So glad that I will have this cold forever immortalized oh, no. <laughs> on our 100th episode of a podcast. Yeah, um, for people who are listening to this saying, well, why aren't you doing anything special for episode 100? We we wanted to finish Find the Lost Ring first is the answer, (laughs) like, basically. Yeah, Um, and also uh, keep the ear out for next week. Yes, we will be doing it. next episode. (laughs) Yeah, episode 101 will be the big celebration. We've we've done 100 of these, and I still think it comes out weekly, apparently. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I I forgot last week uh, if we had an episode going out or not. I I've lost all sense of time. It's December. <laughs> it's December. Uh, well, let's keep track of how time's moving here. Uh, luckily, no weirdness in this arc. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, I got a couple questions that came in uh, before we get started, Barn. Yes. Uh, this one, uh, comes in from Izzy, uh, who says, if you had to create a sport, uh, to save the spirit of the Olympics, what would it be? Oh boy. Cause I this mean, one, we're sending a labyrinth back to like save the soul of the Olympics. Yeah. I think instead of inventing a rule or instead of inventing a sport, I'm going to institute a rule change. Interesting. Okay. I think that we sacrifice the gold winner. Oh, I think that we get back to basics and we say this person is the best at basketball. This team is the best. Let us offer them up as a sacrifice to Mount Olympus. I think that's very fun. I think if Nathan Chen is going to finally win the Olympics. He should be rewarded for his efforts <laughs> in a seat of Valhalla. <laughs> and they just throw him into a volcano or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Olympic volcano. Mount Olympus is a volcano, right? Yeah. Step one, we make we designate an Olympic volcano. Step two, <laughs> so we, start we throw throwing in the volcano. The volcano. <laughs> I think if you truly want people that are in for the love of the sport, you got to get people that are in for the love of the sport. No, I'm, I'm with you, I think. I think that'll save the spirit of the Olympics. What about you, Marn? I like your idea. I think we should just do that. <laughs> 
I'm sold. Perfect. Two nerds fixed sports. Uh, we next did it. question. This one is much more than I speed. Uh, Hope Punk 13 says, How many ring slots should an RPG have? Two. One per hand. Next question. Uh, no, Marn, you, you got opinions on how many rings RPG characters are allowed to wear? I I didn't know that was a thing. I'm going to be honest. Is I think that a typically, thing? So typically, if you've got like D&D or whatever, you get your magic rings. And game rules are like, you can only wear two, or you can only wear four. Like Dark Souls, you can wear four rings or talismans at a time, I think. But Dark Souls 3, you can only wear two. A lot of people say, I got more fingers than that. That is true, and you can even wear two rings on one finger. Yeah. Like in real life. There's basically two schools of thought. One is one per hand, the other is you can wear infinite rings. Yeah, I I feel like just wearing as many as you want would make the most sense but i also understand from a mechanical point of view why they wouldn't want to do that (laughs) (laughs) i think two give me your left ring and your right ring actually zero unless you're engaged or married now we're talking now i think you're onto something your rpg character should not be allowed to wear a ring unless someone gave it to them as a token of marriage yeah i think you're onto something here that's the lost ring. It's love. Yeah. <laughs> it was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. Ash Linsky writes in, and this might not be a question we ask now, but it might be one that we uh, we tackle in uh, at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, how successful do we think this ARG was in promoting the Olympics? I, hold on. I'm actually curious about this. And I'm I'm gonna go on the Wikipedia page. Uh, this this arg actually has a Wikipedia page because it was a, like big and notable enough to get one. Okay, um, but I wonder if uh, it has I'm gonna, any I'm gonna like put it out there. I would not be more interested in watching the Olympics based off of this arg, but I also would not be super interested in playing an arg about the Olympics. So. I'm really not the target demographic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It doesn't say specifically, like, how many people played it or, like, how, like, what kind of, like, their demographics were or anything, but I feel like it was definitely one of the ones, like, Art of the Heist that attracted more, like, ARG players who were there to play the ARG than like people who were actually interested in the product i yeah i also feel like this is much more of the throw things at the wall to see what sticks marketing uh strategy Mm -hmm. or the do a big thing to try and win marketing awards style marketing more than it was a let's get down to brass tacks and get as many eyes onto the olympic as we can yeah at the end of the day it's kind of like do you really need to advertise the Olympics? Yeah, exactly. Like, people like, know what they are. <laughs> you need to advertise Coca-Cola. You know, like, at some point, a brand gets big enough, and it's like, the effects of advertising are like, you're more tracking a wave than you are tracking individual things. Uh-huh. So, I don't know for sure. Yeah, it. it is also weird compared to other, like, marketing ARGs, because a lot of those are like, 
we're making you aware of like the world of our thing that we're releasing and like making you immersed in this world so that you will want to buy this thing or like see our movie and mm-hmm. this one is just like we're telling you about parallel universes to make you aware of the olympics <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know you know how it goes I guess. One of those classic ARGs. (laughs) Like, be aware that the Olympics is happening. And is fucked up. And is fucked up. And we invented a fake history about the Olympics (laughs) to get nerds into it. Yeah, we did a fake sport, too. So it's kind of like, well, I'm not going to be able to tune into the Olympics to see Olympic labyrinth so that's kind of the only sport i was interested in this was all an elaborate ploy to get a bunch of nerds interested in watching the olympics (laughs) basically i want to know who pitched this i uh i was talking in another discord server uh recently about uh about the the secret thing that we're planning for episode 101 uh because I, w- I was bouncing an idea off of off of a couple people and uh my friend and our listener eves said uh <laughs> my dear friend eves said uh can you imagine if mad men was set in 2005 and it was john ham pitching immersive sci-fi horror to coke or whoever <laughs> god i just i want that show now i would watch mad men if that was the show (laughs) one of my it's it's become one of my favorite memes anytime that you see uh john ham standing in front of a whiteboard that's Uh like a current advertising or marketing trends is just like standing there and it just says like we kill the baby nut or whatever like we kill mr (laughs) peanut listeners if you're out there someone start doing this with like the bat shit like 2008 arcs (laughs) i'll laugh at all of them i I promise you that much (laughs) there was just like something weird in the water in like the late aughts that made companies think that this was the move i guess (laughs) it was truly it was back when the internet could be anything and people respected that fact and it is it is no longer could be anything i feel yeah you you no longer could get away with telling everyone that there was a secret olympic sport right <laughs> could could this arg in some form or fashion have been done without the like olympics signing off on it like <laughs> could this could this have just been conceptually not like I'm not saying it was, but like if it had been, would anyone have known? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to think of the the meme format of like the Argonauts could host Find the Lost Ring, but they couldn't host an Olympic shuffleboard tournament. So <laughs> the Olympic committee's got one over on us. <laughs> You like um, you could just say you could just start an arg and say anything about the Olympics. That's <laughs> nothing that's stopping kinda, you. <laughs> yeah, like the the Olympics is such a weird thing because it is a 
it is a like uh copywritten slash trademarked event and broadcast that happens every four years. But I don't know how like you you can say the word Olympics. You know, it's not like yeah, it's not I'm- like Super Bowl where everyone has to be like, oh, it's time for the big sports beat. Um like you can you can just say that. So I feel like doing a an ARG about the Olympics is something you can do. And they're not really using the big budget car giveaways like we saw with Art of the Heist. So I feel like a really small marketing team and ad agency could get, or not even that, just like a small group of people putting something like this together could get away with this. Cause it's not like they're using like, I mean, unless Labyrinth is real and they are using secret Olympic archives, <laughs> they're not. So I feel like you could get away with just doing that. Um, I don't feel like this had to have been by the Olymp- official Olympic committee. And I don't, Look, I took a class on media law, but I'm not like a lawyer. But I don't think that the Olympic Committee could sue for this ARG. I, you know, I don't think that there's anything like they're not like out here being like we serve the Olympic Committee chair and we think that basketball is dumb. You know, there's no I don't think there's anything like suit worthy here. Yeah, I feel like most of their budget went towards getting the dead drops into various countries and places. Yeah. So, yeah, you really can just go online and say anything about the Olympics. (laughs) 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 It's what I feel we've learned today. Basically. They Anyways, us- you should kill more athletes. Bye, yeah. everyone. Have a good night. <laughs> they let us do it with Pepsi, and by they let us do it, I mean, they don't know that we did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We're probably not the best people to ask about uh, the legality of ARG creation. <laughs> so I uh, am just gonna real quick read off where we left off last time as a little recap Um, okay i'm just gonna read the 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 smaller summary uh eli revealed in his sixth podcast the secret about the lost rings it seems that the lost rings is a sculpture of the olympic rings ordered by an unknown client in 1920 before the antwerp olympic games the only evidence that this sculpture existed is an old work order and some legends among art dealers and collectors the sculpture is composed of five interlock rings which could easily be detached from each other some rumors are also stating that there was a sixth ring and therefore the sculpture is also sometimes called sixth ring no one knows where the sculpture is nowadays team san francisco successfully captured and interrogated james james could be convinced to run a personal labyrinth during the session he had a a vision about him and a woman he had fallen in love with four years ago. James started to tell his and Theo's story. Four years ago, James met Toria, a member of the 2004 Agana team, and fell in love with her. Renata and Kentaro were also members of that team. Eli helped them, but Kentaro went nuts and vanished. Because only one of them could leave, Renata was chosen to go back and tell the story. But instead of Renata, Toria wanted to go back and james's heart was broken renata was also very disappointed some months some months later renata contacted james she had found kentaro both were members of theo so james decided to join too theo believes that if one world succeeds another world will fall therefore theo wants to sacrifice this world so that the others will be spared 
James showed a map with 27 Theo headquarter locations. These cities are places where we can build city labyrinths to complete the Earth Omphalos that is needed to send the six home. James also gave us the code for the Lausanne artifact, which is chapter 25 of the Codex. The 1920 team did not share all the information within the did not share all their information within the codex. Some important information will be hidden in the lost rings, like the instruction where the last labyrinths should be made, how many circuits have to be constructed, where the six have to stand, and how firmly the ring has to be tied. The, the 1920 team will leave something behind containing this information that is the promise. Hmm. Hmm. Well, alrighty. I will say, every time... Um... I keep, I don't know how, I forget that there's a podcaster involved, and every time that he gets mentioned in an episode, it's like a new jump scare. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, well, where do we go from here? So, uh, so the last thing that we left off on was, I think, that like live event with, with James, who was like, now vaguely on uh, the player's side, but he's also like, I'm not going to stop working for the evil organization <laughs> and I yeah. want you to, to also join so that they think I'm like meeting my quota. <laughs> I'm still on the organization side, but you did just make me run a labyrinth and see my ex-wife. So I'm going to contemplate that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so James on uh, June 2nd sent out an email to everyone from the like Theo email address saying like, Hey, uh, I like, I'm James. I'm the person behind this email, uh, and kind of recapping the, uh, the kidnapping event that they did with him. Um, <laughs> and saying like, here's the stuff that I saw in the labyrinth. Um, I still believe that in like the oath that I took to join Theo, and I think that, like, their motivations make sense. But um, because of this, like, vision that I had, I think that I can travel back with uh, this year's six and, like, get to see Toria again. Um, because if this six, like, if this group of six has the Lost Rings, they will have the information they need on how to send all of them home instead of just one of them. So in order to find more information on the Lost Rings, I need to get promoted in Theo. (laughs) 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 And so James is on this email that's like, hey, I need 27 of you to become dedicated recruits (laughs) and complete a mission. (laughs) <laughs> so that All i can right. get to the next level of the organization uh, let's do some olympics crimes <laughs> um and so 27 players had to uh had to become theo recruits basically um and he replied to an email by a player saying, um, I have 16 possible recruits at this time, but only seven have completed uninitiation and only four have completed the oath. I will need all members of all teams to complete both. Okay. So, uh, more, more, they had to find more people to take the oath. Theo, Theo seems a little bit, uh, pyramid schemey. Yeah, a little bit. 
Uh, on June 3rd, uh, Ariadne put up a video blog uh, called, OMG, I remember my name. I'm Alex. Okay. Uh, and in it, she talks about how she was working late uh, with Eli, uh, mapping out city labyrinths and trying to figure out a way to work alongside Theo to find the Lost Rings. Uh, and she fell asleep uh, on her desk. And she had a dream that uh, she was asleep in bed and her phone rang and woke her up and it was her mother calling her. Uh, and calling her by the name Alex, uh, and saying that she missed her and her family was worried about her. Uh, and Ariadne says, Can that be true? Is my family still alive? I want to believe it, but it seems too unbelievable. I saw them killed during the rapid shift. I saw them destroyed in Neopangea. I saw it happen again and again and again, and they never survived, not once. Huh. Uh, and so her her new theory is that uh, there is like a world that she didn't destroy that she was like never aligned with uh, in some like other branch of the multiverse where her family is still alive. Okay. Um, and she is worried about this because she thinks that it is a universe where she never became a traveler. So the her in that universe probably still exists and is still there. Okay. And so she thinks that if... The thing that I always struggle with in multiverse stuff is Uh like, does time still exist in the same way? Is time constant between universes? Because I feel like... I, I don't know. I feel like if if everything else is relative, then wouldn't like... I don't know, this is a universe that's exactly the same, but at 1.5x speed, so everything's dead by now. Like, wouldn't that be a universe, too? That's true, actually. Yeah. I feel like if we get out of our own dimension, then, like, you also get to, like, everything exists outside of time as well. Hmm. Maybe I'm just wrong, but that's just kind of how I always feel about, like, these... Like, if... Maybe it's just my nihilistic take on multiverse stuff, but it's like... Oh, well, if, like, eight other versions of me exist, then they also don't, because who cares? <laughs> like, yeah, they, they don't exist, and the timeline has to not make sense. Or it can't make sense because <laughs> things have changed, but multiverses would have to be individually specific or universally specific. And if it's universally specific, then the differences are probably so grand that you wouldn't notice it. Like, you wouldn't even think it's another multiverse. Yeah. You think it's just, like, something else entirely. Well, we... Yeah, it it does kind of feel like that maybe perhaps wasn't taken into consideration for <laughs> for this arc. I mean... Did the Olympics not solve the, AR, the, the problems that I have with multiverses? How come, Barn? <laughs> to be fair... I, we know that, like, the different universes are constantly collapsing in on each other and ceasing to exist. That is fair. We do know that. I definitely hadn't forgotten that. So they're... Right, universal Pangea. Yes, they're constantly uh, unexisting each other. Great. Uh, Ariadne also uploaded a blog entry on June 4th. Uh, saying, playing the lost sport, want to learn, download these. 
uh, and sharing some PDFs uh, to learn how to play the labyrinth in one minute or less. Ooh. So that people could rope their friends into doing it with them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the other members of the six and the players uh, had started to kind of map out ideas for the different city labyrinths in like Tokyo and New York City and and so on. Um, Monica also reported around this time that um the postcards um that she had gotten with um documentation from one of the other uh one of the other like teams of six uh had been stolen Ooh. and she thought that perhaps uh they had been stolen by theo Okay. Um, and a message from an email message from one of the uh, player groups went out. Uh, the Cooper team, who we talked about very briefly last time, um, went out uh, with photos of a random person saying, uh, This man is a Theo agent or a Theo contact. Do you know him? Uh, and it seems from the wiki that this plotline kind of got stopped in its tracks uh, because it was too confusing to the players to have multiple secret organizations within the player group. <laughs> <laughs> so this never went anywhere. Uh, but basically they were... Uh, they were a player-made group initiated by Monica, the NPC, that their goal was to pretend to have important information. Like, they were going to pretend that they had stolen the postcards. Um, or no, yes, they, her and that group was going to pretend that they had the po- the postcards that had important information. And they were going to wait for someone from Theo to steal them. And in that way, like, expose people close to them who were Theo members. But <laughs> it was, like, too convoluted, and I, I suppose, and um, it led to some confusion amongst the players, which I'm going to read as soon as I put this into the Internet Archive. It really, a beast-like? Too, too complicated? Too complex? <laughs> You can't have three secret organizations of players. That's too much. (laughs) Please tell me someone archived this thread. Yes. (laughs) There's a link on the wiki to an unfiction thread. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. People thought that it was a game jack um, because they were emailing the address back. Um, and getting, like, very cryptic responses, and they were like, this feels like someone is just, like, made this email address and was, like, pretending to be a part of the game. Um, and I guess it was eventually revealed that it was a group of players who had this, like, incredibly convoluted scheme, and it didn't end up going anywhere. 
God. Oh, wild. Oh, man. I love... <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Far- slightly farther into this thread, uh, someone on the unforum says, like, Oh, yeah, I sent those emails. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> like, explain. <laughs> explain yourself. <laughs> oh man <sighs> and uh oh yes okay here's the full story someone someone dumped it on the on the uh, forums uh <laughs> first of all sorry if you didn't like how the cooper team acted but we had to keep it secret <laughs> Uh, Monica had an idea to discover if the girl going to clean her aunt's house was a Theo's spy. In short, she was. When she was confronted about it, she decided to help us instead. That's when the postcards appeared. The postcards are totally fake, just a bait so Theo would be interested in Monica. We wrote some texts to the postcards about a powerful desynchronizing ritual, and then worked on creating the ritual. If we decided to re- remain secret even here, it was to be sure nothing was spilled to Theo, even inadvertently. Please don't start saying now how our lack of trust is bad. <laughs> we just decided <laughs> to remain silent until the thing was done. <laughs> <sighs> Apparently, like, this player who was involved had a, a real-life meetup with one of the NPCs, like, over the course of this. This is insane! <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is wild. What? Yeah, he, like, posted a selfie with her to the forum. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Why are you, as GMs, encouraging your own players to game jack you? I mean, I guess, like, <laughs> I've been in ARGs that did that and it was fine. But, like, this is crazy. I, <laughs> like, just be having one of your NPCs being like, Hey, do five of you want to help me with this, like, secret mission that you can't tell anyone about out of game? <laughs> yeah, that that's where it gets to a little bit of too much player bleed to me yeah like it i like having the player groups i like giving players like secret tasks to do but Uh when you're kind of encouraging them to not talk about it to the other players out of game is where you lose me right yeah a hundred percent i i think this is something that like people run into in like tabletop games too where they're like oh we'll have like a secret meeting with you know one of the party members and we can have secrets that come out over the course of the game but all that really happens is you just get players that aren't working together yeah exactly and the whole and the whole point of something like this is for your players to work together towards something yeah and if you have to rely on like the outside twist of these players have been working against you this whole time or whatever, it doesn't land right because the first response is, oh, I can't trust other players. Not what a cool thing we've all done together. Yeah. And like, especially when you're having this like secret player group interact with the rest of the players as though they are like NPCs with insider information. Yeah. And people are like, is this a game jack or not? Right, (laughs) yeah. It it just, it doesn't work. Yeah. It's, 
It's a weird one. I I I do miss covering args with uh, game jacking attempts, though. I will say that. <laughs> I do love a good. Uh, I I I like a good game jack. I don't like this game jack. This this is yeah. this is not a game jack. This is. <laughs> This the call is, a is game coming from coup. inside the house. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> where the call's coming from. Exactly. <laughs> this is like one of the NPCs went rogue <laughs> situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> or like they the game masters themselves like had an idea that they couldn't quite cash the check on and it caused some turmoil amongst the players. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. So, uh, later in June, uh, June 10th, uh, Larissa sent out an email, uh, saying, uh, hey, I want to, basically, like, hey, I want to join Theo to try and get close to Renata, um, if, like, the labyrinth visions I've been having make sense, she wants to talk to me, but she can't, um, so I need you, the players, to, like, help me think of a convincing story, as to, like, why I would want to join Theo. Ariadne put up some blog entries. Uh, One was about uh, the New York City labyrinth that was being run in Central Park. Um, One was also uh, called We Are So Close to the Final Secret. Uh, And it was about the 26th uh, chapter of the Codex being found. Uh, Another artifact had been retrieved. um, And it was called The Search. Uh, And it said, You must search for treasure that doesn't exist. Begin in Antwerp, where the five rings were first uncovered. Look for the things that we left. You will know our things by the way we left nothing about ourselves in them. One wants to be absolutely anonymous in this world, especially if one doesn't live in it. Search for the index of the great mystery. Search for the people who asked, who would make the thing of the most beauty, of the greatest significance, and then would immediately take it apart? One world will wonder, but the other worlds will know. Wonder is the beginning of wisdom, so said the ancient Greeks. The work of art that amazed Antwerp in 1920 will make you wise during the year when time stops. Remember, there is no sixth ring. Nevertheless, you must find it. Okay. I I love you will know our things by the way we left nothing about ourselves in them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like the ominous, like, you better find this thing that we know doesn't exist. Mm Mm-hmm. Good luck. Have fun. Yeah. It is, um, it's very fun that they left, uh, intentionally cryptic instructions to be like, this is how you save the world, but we're not gonna, like, tell you straight up, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, some of the other player groups also got their own little missions. Uh, some of them got the mission to help James get promoted. Uh, that was just like, take uh take video of you doing like the oath of theo uh and an uninitiation uh mission and send them in so that he can get his 27 recruits um and then another two of the player groups uh got the mission to figure out how fast the labyrinth teams in the other worlds were um 
so that our universe could win gold in the multiverse Olympiad at Labyrinth Running. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, On June 13th, uh, James sent out an email in response to a player uh, talking more about uh, Theo's goals. Um, He said, thank you for your email. You were very correct that a few weeks can change everything. I'm actually glad that Ariadne has come back up for air. Um, I can't take any credit for Marcus's silence. Perhaps he's worried that he'll be kidnapped again. He needn't worry. It doesn't appear that he had that much information of use anyway. Um, I'm glad you are sympathetic to my cause now that you've heard about Toria. I truly believe that we can get the omph strength high enough, and if we do, I'll be able to see her again. I think you're still a little bit off on your understanding of my goals, however. The aim of Theo has always been to push off decisions for as long as possible, and when finally our hand is forced, we give up the winning hand in order so that another world may succeed while we may fail. This has driven our world away from the cluster of the other worlds and therefore has strengthened their worlds and the and their ability to resist Neo-Pangea. It is our world which reaches the outer limits and our world which is at risk. This said, at every stage of our world's existence, inevitably worlds fail. For the past four years, I have tried to make sure that it was ours. I have helped push ourselves away from the other multiverses out of a moral obligation to them. This year, it may be selfish, but I want to succeed because there's a girl. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Are you ever so divorced that you undoom the multiverse? (laughs) 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 i've lost my wife you know who has it multiverse craig (laughs) better throw this dimension into a uh into mega pangea just to ensure that multiverse craig still gets to enjoy our wife men will literally create neo pangea instead of going to therapy Uh. uh on the on the same day uh chapter 27 of the codex was found uh which was called the sixth ring uh to save the planet you must find the planet we cannot tell you precisely where to look we can only teach you to see when the world when the words become coordinated the worlds become coordinated Eight points of connection create eight short curves, out of which only five belong. As the rings themselves, you must take one out of every continent and make a new ring, but not a perfect circle. You must recreate instead the form which you see by the ophelos, the flattened spheroid. Only worry about the untouched interiors. When you find your way through the five rings, you will see how the branching and collapsing of the universes are first... Uh, to above, not, and then to below, yes, and then to below, not, and then to above, yes, and then to above, not, and then to below, yes, and finally are to below, yes, and then to above, yes. There were always six rings. Yep. Yep. Good. Glad that we've locked that away. Yeah. Glad Glad we did that. <laughs> could, could you imagine if we got to the end of this ARG and they were just like, no, there isn't a sixth ring. <laughs> no, we lied to you the whole time. <laughs> we told you it was a myth, and it's been a myth the whole time. We that was the first thing we told you was that it was a mythical sixth ring. It doesn't exist. 
Uh, on June 14th, uh, people found that there is a new uh, command in the alpha Peter. Uh, you could type in training and it would return training input parameter. Uh, but if you added any parameter, it returned too many parameters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eli Hunt also chatted with the players and sent out an email uh, clarifying that uh, the summer solstice was the peak of activity and a high point of launching labyrinth exercises. Uh, so the correct window to uh, to launch the labyrinths uh, was the solstice and a few weeks after, and they had to finish by the Olympics. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we wouldn't uh, just get into the broadcast type. Yeah. Uh, June 15th, Ariadne put up a blog that said, we know how to find the sixth ring. Uh, talking about the final chapter of the Codex. Um, and said, uh, so, deep breath, I'm really, really excited. We've been searching for the lost ring, a sixth ring created in 1920. Now we know that the sixth ring... Now we know that the sixth ring has been part of the five rings all along. The Olympic logo has always had a sixth ring hidden right inside of it. We just never knew how to see it. Eli Hunt passed on a possible solution to the mystery of how to see the sixth ring. Someone from Team Agonathetai USA emailed it to him. I hope it's not revealing too much to share with you. I'm just so excited. The codex says we can unlock the most important clue by seeing the sixth ring. Now we know how to see it, but how do we find the rings? Let's hope James gets promoted up the Theo rank soon. Fingers crossed. Um, and yeah, so for I'm this, looking at this logo. There's only five of these guys. So for this, uh, for this possible solution, they took like the directions that they were given in the codex, um, in order to grab like the curves of the other rings, um, above not and below yes, below not and above yes, above not and below yes, and below yes and above yes. Um, and I guess if you put those curves all together, it creates another ring. I'm looking at this, and that's not a ring. That's just five highlighted circles and yeah. just five other rings. I guess the, I guess the idea is that like if you if you were to take those curves out and like put them all in a uh, in a circle, it would be the sixth ring. But then you have one ring and five Pac-Mans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this arc was better when I thought it was about Atlantis. <laughs> On June 16th, uh, two of the city labyrinths, the first two, uh, were completed. San Francisco and uh, Manila. Uh, and then another one was shortly thereafter completed in Munich. Um, and as these... Um, as these began to be completed, uh, more commands on the Amphiputer became active. Um, Omph strength uh, was no longer pending, and it showed the Omph strength of our universe based on how many of the knots, quote-unquote, which were the labyrinths, had been completed. Uh, training, the command, also became active and showed the uh labyrinth training times of other universes 
uh, so that people could compare their labyrinth running against them. It is very fun to, like, look at these um, images and see how people mapped out, like, the actual city labyrinths on top of their cities. Like, here's the San Francisco one. Yeah, that's cool. It is. See, I, I, I know that we rag on it a bunch, but I actually like, I like these, like, city-wide labyrinth-style events. I like this idea. I think it's a little silly to make it an Olympic sport, but I like what they can do with something like this in a major city of like, Hey, look at your local community and see how it factors into this. Yeah. I, and I, I really like that element of this. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the concept of um, looking at, at your city and figuring out how to make it into a maze that you can run. I think that's very fun. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, Marcus also sent out an email. Uh, that said, I am a member of the opposition. Uh, we play a different game. And it was basically just like the Theo oath. Uh, so Marcus has joined a bunch of the players in, in taking the Theo oath now. Um, and shortly thereafter, on June 18th, uh, Theo sent out the third mission to the players who had taken the oath uh, that was called Stay Blind. Uh, encourage others to stay blind. Get a piece of cloth, write on it the message, stay blind. Spread the message by blindfolding public statues. Don't get got. <laughs> Don't get got is great advice to give any ARG player. And a bunch of people did actually do this. They went out and blindfolded public statues. Hell yeah. I think that's great. That's really cool. I like that. I... I have found one on, on Flickr, because uh, there's links to a bunch of them, where uh, someone did it to a Ronald McDonald statue in their local McDonald's. <laughs> Good. Blind the clown. <laughs> um, and once, uh, once the three labyrinths that week had been completed... Uh, the OMF strength was all the way up to 72.96, even though there were 24 knots remaining. Okay. Uh, on, on June 20th, Ariadne put out a blog that said, in all caps, HELP, WE CAN'T TRUST HIM ANYMORE, <laughs> with this picture. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a picture of Marcus uh, with very swoopy early 2000s hair an impact font meme style just says Marcus at the top do not, do not trust, trust at the bottom and the blog says um, I know I promised to stay away from labyrinths but I couldn't help myself I had to do a personal labyrinth one more time I legitimately thought when I saw this that this was like a player made meme <laughs> but it's official um, uh, she said I had to find out the truth I had to find out if one of us is a pretender because I think that one of us isn't really an agonothaton at all 
I know that's a shocking thing to say. Do I sound like a traitor to my own team? You think I should trust the others, right? After all, we woke up with amnesia. We all have the same tattoo. We're all on exactly the same journey, and we share the same mission. We are a team. But I've had this nagging feeling for weeks that something isn't quite right. Something doesn't add up. Someone isn't who he or she is pretending to be. Many of you have suspected as much. You've written to ask questions, to warn me. I want you to know I heard you, and now I am sure you were right. According to the Lost Ring Codex, six Agonathetai travel together, each one speaking a different language, each one possessing a different ancient strength. But for months, someone has been acting less and less like a true Agonathetai. Someone hasn't been acting their strength, and someone doesn't sound quite right, at least not like the person that someone is pretending to be. I did a personal labyrinth to see who my true allies are. I aligned with another version of myself, and Alex, who is also on this mission, but in a different Gaia world. She was in Munich. She was training for the lost sport. And she was with another Agonathetan, another traveler. He had the tattoo. He was an amazing labyrinth runner, a true Thumos. He was German, and he was going by the name Moritz. He was tall, pale, thin, and had dark hair, but he definitely wasn't Marcus. I know the person I saw in my vision was the real German Agonathetan. I can just feel it. He was the true Thumos for this mission. So what I want to know is, who is Marcus and what does he want? Why is he pretending to be someone he's not? Marcus, if you're reading this, you have a lot of explaining to do. And don't think you can run off and get kidnapped again to avoid telling the truth. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to deal with me and with the rest of Team Agonathetai. You won't get away with this. And most importantly, don't think for a minute that Kai or Eli are going to take you to Beijing if you're not the real Thumos. We will find our true Thumos ally. (laughs) Everyone else, if you have any ideas for what to do next, please tell me. I can't believe we are missing one of our team, the lost (laughs) Agonathetai. Where is he and what do we do with Marcus now? <laughs> <laughs> Running a personal labyrinth and getting myself kidnapped to own the libs. <laughs> Marcus, do not trust. Do not trust. Do not trust. <sighs> All right. Do not trust Marcus. Do not trust Marcus. You got it, boss. Uh. <laughs> Larissa posted a blog post that said, Marcus is an imposter? Oh, Marcus is sus? Marcus is sus. Marcus is sus, okay. Uh, Noriko posted a blog post that said, uh, if we can't reach 100% off strength, someone has to stay in this world. How do we decide it? It couldn't be better than a situation that we don't have to worry about such a thing, but... If we can't reach 100%, should Marcus stay? Will James go instead of Marcus if we reach 100%? I wonder what we should do. Hmm. Uh, And Marcus posted a blog post that said, I awoke with amnesia just like the other ones. I have the same tattoo. I awoke just like them. I don't know anything else, but you must believe me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, man. I just woke up. Uh, and he posted a video a couple hours later uh, on the 20th saying like that he was officially with Theo. Uh, he didn't think that other worlds should perish just so our world could survive. Um, and he said, I'm finally with Theo now and I'm finally doing the only thing that can be right. Follow me. Uh, but he did not say who his partner for the uh, uninitiation was, just that he had one. Okay. Um, 
Larissa also posted her her task to join Theo uh, on June 24th. Uh, James sent out an email uh, saying that he had been promoted and uh, giving people a list of 18 additional cities uh, where Theo was established uh, so that there were more options to uh, build labyrinths. Um, At this point, six of them had been built. Um, Larissa published her own desynchronization task, uh, and she apparently was welcomed to Theo and got a message from Renata. Um, Marcus also, uh, posted a blog on the 25th, uh, said, James has been promoted and can now access the mailbox used by the members of Theo to report what is happening to them right now. I am quite excited. I want to find out what's inside that mailbox. Hmm. Uh, On June 26th, Ariadne got... uh, She posted a blog post that said, A new ally, read this mystery message. Um, and said that her and Eli had both received very curious anonymous messages um, that said, You've never met me, but I met someone like you many years ago, just once, but it was one of the strangest conversations I've ever had. She didn't know as much as you do. She only knew she had to be in Los Angeles that year and that she had a mission she couldn't complete alone. I don't think she got any further than that, and I didn't know enough to help her then. I had my own race to run. To be honest, I forgot all about her, but seeing your Hello World video and watching your Lost Sport videos, I remembered, and I think I finally understand. I think there have been athletes like you for many, many years playing on the sidelines of the games. I think many Olympic athletes such as myself have met many Olympic travelers such as yourself. But who knows if any of us ever really understood that your games were as important as ours. I can't make sense of it all, but I have a degree in physics and the lore of the athletic multiverse (laughs) intrigues me. (laughs) Physics do make sense. It works. The codex is a strange text, but a logical one. I would like to help you and your friends. I know what it feels like to run for the gold. I know how to focus in the heat of competition. I know how to win against the best of the best. If you could use the help of an Olympic champion, I am here to play with you. E. I have to know if this is a real life Olympic athlete (laughs) no fucking way it is oh hell yeah incredible what was their name uh hold on uh it was in fact edwin moses american former track and field athlete incredible uh and (laughs) and people could email that address (coughs) And they would get one back uh, that basically kind of, like, reiterated a lot uh, of the, um, of what had been sent to Ariadne, saying, like, congratulations, if you're reading this, you're a part of the mission to win gold in the in the lost sport. I want to help Team Agatha Theta win gold in 2008. Um, and just saying, like, I'm here to help and support you. I'm keeping my identity secret for now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell me your strengths and which city team you're training with. Let's make a plan for your team to win gold in August. Okay. Yeah. Uh, James sent an email out uh, saying, Today I got the access code to the Theo voicemail. 
which was the phone number that they'd gotten from uh, the meetup with James. Um, there's a ton of activity. Going through the messages, I'd say there's probably 20 a week. I was just flipping through the messages, trying to figure out what any of them said. Uh, they're all in different languages, so it's hard for me to understand. I was a computer science major. <laughs> <laughs> One message caught my attention. Someone said, La Cesa Ringo. I got super excited. That's the title of the last chapter of the codex anyway i might have been a bit too excited i deleted the message from the machine by accident (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking about playing the message back into the machine but what if there's something in here we need and we don't want other people to have so here's what we need to do figure out what language the message was recorded in translate it and figure out what it says Come up with a decoy message and leave it on the machine. I figure we probably have one, maybe two days before they notice it's missing. Help. (laughs) (laughs) I love James. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love just like a guy who works for an evil organization who sucks at his job and then like defects but also sucks at being a defector. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a like specific flavor of guy. Yeah, on uh, the latest episode of Anime Sickos, uh, one of them said the quote, um, every institution is just guys at work. Mm-hmm. And that I love it when you find that guy at work who's just like, man, fuck this institution. Yeah. Um, and also he forgot to include the uh, the voicemail number. Hell yeah. In his first email and had to email back. <laughs> uh, but the mp3 file that he gave them was in dutch uh and it told the players that uh there was a gallery in wellington where the first ring was located and the password for the ring keeper was sphinx Ooh, sphinx sphinx uh on june 30th eli hunt sent out an email uh regarding the first uh ring saying uh that uh the player's first assumption was wrong uh basically saying like i think that you're quite close uh but you should be prepared to also look at other museums nearby <laughs> okay um and saying like oh if i map a labyrinth over the city uh your place that you have found does not appear to be in the center uh, Hmm. of the labyrinth. Okay. Um, Because the part of the voicemail they had gotten was like instructions for mapping a labyrinth over the city and saying like, once you get to the center, you'll find the ring and you have to give the password. Okay. Um, And the location ended up being a pop-up gallery uh where the ring was on display uh and it had an inscription that said uh the rings numbers five number five and one world joins through game to be itself a message for the elected athletes is the honor to voyage the world waited for the arrival with the olympiad before you return to your home you will gain friends on every continent um and it had dots in uh, Bordeaux code. Hold on, I've never seen this okay. before. Yeah, oh, I don't know that a, one. Yeah, it's a 
it's just a different kind of dot code. Uh, it's also known as international teleprinter code. Uh, it is a hmm. binary code that used crosses and dots uh, that was used for teleprinters and some Morse code. That's very, very cool. Cool. Um, it had a uh, Bado code that translated to the lost ring. And okay. so the team was able to find it and, uh, and successfully recover it. And the same day, uh, James sent out another email that said, okay, everyone, I know that player is within hours of picking up whatever it is that he's going to find in Wellington, and I can't wait to hear what he finds, but I checked the voicemail again tonight to see if there was anything about the decoy message you all left. Nothing. Phew! But there was the attached message. Am I crazy, or did I hear La Cesa Ringo in there? I have no idea what language... Okay, if these are, like, in Dutch and other languages, why are they calling it La Cesa Ringo in, uh, in Esperanto? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, anyways, I copied it to my computer again, but didn't delete it this time. <laughs> if this is what I think it is, I'll go in and delete it, and we should find someone to leave a new message in its place. Uh, and this one was in English. No, this one was in uh, Armenian. Sorry. Uh, and it translated to um, more instructions for how to uh how to find the next ring uh and the clue for the password to give the ring keeper was uh tell the ring keeper the name of the seventh wife of the husband of the mother of the son of the winner of the two cult race of the 108th olympiad you've lost me on that one so the winner of the two cult race of the 108th Olympiad was King Philip. Uh, okay. And his son was Alexander the Great, uh, whose huh. mother was Myrtle of Epirus, uh, whose husband was, of course, King Philip II, whose mm-hmm. seventh wife uh, was Cleopatra. Okay, Cleopatra, nepotism babies all down. Okay. Yeah. So the password was Cleopatra. Cool. Um, and they found that the, uh, the location of the new ring, uh, of the second ring, uh, was a art gallery in Tokyo because they were given coordinates based on the, uh, the city labyrinths that, uh, that already existed. So they figured out that, um, their target city for this one was Tokyo. Um, Marcus also sent out an email on, uh, July 2nd while, uh, while all of this was going on with the second labyrinth saying, uh, the off strength is already 86. We have to be sure that it will not raise higher. Long live Theo. By no means they are allowed to raise the off strength. Huh. Okay. Which is interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and Mayhui also put out a blog entry saying that she had found a, uh, a clip of Kentaro, who is one of the, uh, like the old six who had defected to join Theo, um, saying that Marcus has always been with the opposition and that James was drawing the players further away from a mission they would never accomplish. Um, and Mayhui said, uh, 
My heart is aching. I am betrayed. Have I really been that naive and stupid all this time? Someone tell me something. Anything would help. Huh. Uh, Come July 7th, uh, there were 17 labyrinths still to go. Okay. Um, The off strength reached 109, uh, but the network was still incomplete. Um, In a email Edwin Moses revealed his his true identity uh, saying that one team for each continent would participate in the multiverse Olympics uh, only the best city from each continent would participate and they needed 11 players uh, for a three circuit labyrinth and 16 players for the seventh circuit uh, and that each city's team should send him their city name, their training records, and the names of the players that they wanted to enter. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, on July 8th, the second ring was found. Um, it was at Gallery Saka. Uh, one of the, uh, the players went and found it. Um, and... Literally just went to the gallery and asked if there was a metal ring on display. (laughs) Uh, And when they told him the password, he said, do you want to take this with you, basically? And just, like, gave it to them. Damn, hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it was the yellow ring. These are actually very cool looking. I'll send you a picture. Um... They're they're genuinely like these huge like metal rings. That's really cool. Like they so look the, like they would be in an art gallery. Yeah. And are these supposed to be the like the original Olympic rings? Um, Is that the idea? They're like they're supposed to be like from an art piece that was like commissioned by the like interdimensional travelers in the nineteen twenties. Gotcha. I didn't realize this was part of that. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and the inscription on this one says, uh, the, uh, chasing the greatness, a lot of ath- athletes fulfill 10 multiplying the spirits. Their hearts fly high. The Olympic muscles must be in line almost perfectly. What a skill, what a strength. It's wonderful. During the closing ceremonies, all athletes share the pride of champions. They got fast, high, and strong. And then we throw them in the volcano. Yeah, then we throw them in the volcano. <laughs> Uh, on July 10th, uh, James sent out another email um, with instructions uh, for how to find the third ring. Um, it, this one was in Hindu, uh, and the clue for the password was, Tell the ring keeper the name of the second consort of the second grandson of the husband of the mother of our team's ancient founder. Okay. Uh, so the team's ancient founder was, of course, Theodosius I, because that's what Theo of was course. named after. Uh, the mother of Theodosius I was Thermentia. Her husband was Theodosius the Elder. Uh, his second grandson was Flavius Honorius, and his second consort was Thermantia. So the password was Thermantia. Cool. Um, and this ring was in uh, Manchester. 
uh, which the players confirmed with Eli. Uh, He sent them a message that said, I feel certain that you and your friends have the right city. Um, And basically again said, uh, your identification of like the place to pick it up is convincing, but I don't think that it's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it's not an art gallery. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it was just like a random cafe. <laughs> uh, and they were able to narrow it down to a uh, a specific art gallery. While this um <laughs> while this uh deliberation was going on, James also sent out an email that said, uh, you guys, I just got this email Thank God I found that third message before this came out. Do they know? This makes leaving the decoy messages way more urgent. Maybe it'll be okay, but I'm looking over my shoulder a lot more. I'll tell you that. And it was like a uh, reply all message to everyone in Theo that said, please be advised. There has been some irregularity with the sixth ring. We are currently investigating the situation and will update you when more information becomes available. Until that time, be cautious with all communications. Okay. Uh, by July 14th, uh, the OMF strength was up to 189.7, uh, which Ariadne said meant if they finished the network, they could send home all of the Agonothetai from 2008 and most of the Agonothetai for 2004 as well. Um, but Eli wanted them to have a backup plan uh, in case the network didn't end up finished before the opening ceremonies. Um, and he said that they had to figure out, they have to figure out which one gets to go home if the mission isn't completed. Uh, to which Ariadne said, I am ignoring him because I know we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that will go well. Huh. Uh, I'm sure on- it will. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, on July 15th, there were two unsuccessful attempts to pick up the third ring. Uh, <laughs> one player uh, went and mispronounced the solution uh, and said that he spelled out the the name and she said that it was correct, but she didn't uh like that he was on the phone with another player uh and had been kind of like hanging around trying to like figure out who to talk to um and this player said uh this woman this woman wrote an email to someone expect the game masters explaining that i said things wrong or something and maybe made me sound very dodgy so when they wrote back they said don't give give it to me i think it boils down to the fact that she wasn't expecting someone like me to turn up and claim the ring in fact she over and over kept saying this is an expensive piece of art you do know that (laughs) 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 so i don't know anyone who could collect the art but whoever does needs to claim to be the official ring collector at saint thermantia in exactly the way she wants to hear it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and a second person also failed, uh, went in, said the password, and was denied. Okay. Um, and there were some emails sent about this, uh, to, to Eli and James, 
<laughs> to which James was like, I like Theo definitely knows something is up. They're definitely being more wary of people like posing as ring transporters. Uh, it said, from what I've understood so far, the person should arrive alone, declare themselves to be the ring transporter, and give the password. Especially now, since we've tried twice, the next person must show full confidence in their task. It seems that the galleries don't know who the transporter will be, but they will suspect anyone acting irregularly. Okay. <laughs> and so on the 16th... <laughs> um, one of the players showed up in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, came to the gallery, like, very confidently. Uh, they, like, had the other players who had already been there, like, basically just, like, describe the woman that they were looking for so they knew exactly uh, who to go to. Um, and, like, basically walked in full confidence in a suit. Uh, saying, I'm the official transporter of the ring, and I'm here to collect it. Uh, and they said, how do you know we have a ring? And the player said, ah, I know you have it. This is the right place. I sent some scouts earlier today to see if you still had it. That's the wrong answer. The answer is, because I'm the official transporter of the ring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and gave the password and uh, got the ring. Um, and also asked, like, Oh, I heard you had some trouble with people pretending to be the ring transporters. <laughs> uh, great. Uh, and they were able to get it. Uh, this was the black ring. Uh, and the inscription was not translated. I'm sure that it's normal. Um, <laughs> I do like that the uh, the person in charge of this was like, Hey, this is expensive. Our budget went to this. Please don't fuck yeah, this up. Like you know, this is, you know this is like an actual piece of art. This is. I wonder. Like, a bit. Do you think the people who like got these still have them? Oh, I don't know how you. I I I feel like your options are either to still have them or like you fell on hard times and sold them to someone else in the yeah. ARG. Like I think those are the only two options. Yeah, I know that makes sense. I can't imagine you just, like, got rid of it in a move. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Edward Moses also sent out a email that said, uh, As you prepare for this Olympic moment, take time to think about your journey to this point. Even before you learned this lost sport, you were already developing your strength. Uh, and trying to give advice on how to win gold in the multiverse Olympics. <laughs> On the 17th, uh, James sent out, uh, forwarded another Theo email, um, and said, like, hey, I'm freaking out, and, and sent this email that said, basically, like, it, it was, like, a message to all Theo membership saying, like, people tried to steal our ring, uh, it's thought that they were private art collectors and not, like, a part of the Agonathetai team, uh, but... <laughs> To protect their remaining rings, we're taking them out of gallery rotation. Uh, and instead, we're going to hold them at secret pickup locations. Uh, and they will require video authentication at time of pickup. 
the ring holder will record a video of the transporter and submit it to a senior executive Theo member for authentication uh, before we release it. Okay. Um, the location of ring number four uh, on July 20th was found to probably be the Esperanto Society in Buenos Aires. Okay. Uh, and the password hint was tell the ringkeeper of the 23 different sporting events ever held at the ancient Olympics, the name of the sporting event that was added 12 years after the sport that was added 40 years before the sport that was added 28 years after the sport that was added 208 years before the sport that was added 104 years before the sport that was added 196 years before the sport that was added 556 years after the first Olympic sport was invented. I like all of these uh, prompts. Yeah, these are fun. These are really cool. Uh, The answer, by the way, was pentathlon. (laughs) Oh, those aren't like 18 different sports? So it's the first Olympic sport was invented in uh, 776. And then 576 years later, uh, stadion was added. And then... 196 years before that, uh, Pancreton was added, and like so on and so forth. And you have oh. you have to like work your way backwards through the. I feel like that's just you just gotta like add subtract all the numbers and then say great what what sport was added 50 years later. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. And so they made their little labyrinth. Um, they concluded that it was probably the Esperanto Society, and on the 21st. Uh, Diego, one of the six, uh, sent a plan to Team Argentina, uh, to get the ring and said, uh, James told me that neither Morrow or other Theo members will be able to take the ring. Not even he would be able to take it. This is my plan. This week, we go to learnu.net and learn some phrases, words, etc., so that we can go and tell them that we know a bit of Esperanto, that we love it, and we want to learn more. We write to the Esperanto Society, saying that we want to take Esperanto classes. Don't write anything yet, or you could spoil the plan. The site says that there are some classes on Saturdays, very old, but maybe they still give lessons on Saturdays. If that's the case, perhaps we can make the labyrinth and the ring on the same Saturday. We go to the society, we take the Esperanto class, and at one moment we have to make a distraction so that we can search for the ring. If we find the ring, run. Once outside the society, we split so they can't follow us, and we meet again at some meeting point. And that's it. Victory! (laughs) (laughs) I love that the official plan is just fucking... Grab it and run. Grab it and go. <laughs> <sighs> Incredible. Um, Ariadne also updated her blog on the 21st and said, you have an urgent new mission. Go north. Um, basically, they were trying to... Uh, they like mapped out all of the currently active labyrinths on a world map. Uh, and most of the empty space was in the north, um, and they weren't covering 85% of the Earth's surface with their network, like uh, the codex says that they're supposed to. Um, so more uh, more northern towns and cities had to do labyrinths, including Alaska and Scandinavia. 
Uh, and so the the call to action was for uh, any players who could find allies in Alaska and Scandinavia to convince them to do a labyrinth. <laughs> okay. Uh, and convince people to become city captains. <laughs> uh, on the... Sorry, I'm opening a new page. Um, on the 23rd, uh, James sent an email out uh, regarding the fifth ring of the Lost Rings, even though they hadn't yet uh, gotten ring number four yet. Um, James sent out a broadcast message uh, from Theo regarding the status of the, uh, of La Cesa Ringo, uh, saying, while we investigate some discrepancies in the locations of several of the rings, the sculptures will no longer be on display publicly or privately. We believe that recent message, <laughs> we believe that recent mention of the rings in a popular online podcast series has brought out a rather large <laughs> number of unscrupulous collectors. <laughs> <laughs> those damn podcasts <laughs> therefore all future exchanges will take place as dead drops <laughs> perfect good job this will only go well yeah uh and the instructions were uh theo operatives level five and higher currently located in the united states should contact the current guardian of ring number five via the standard anonymized transporter email format to arrange a time and location for the dead drop. Your message must contain the transfer password in the subject. Um, and the password was a omphalos puzzle using the gods, which was, you are worshipping Demeter. You turn clockwise as many degrees as Poseidon is from Demeter. Then half as many degrees counterclockwise as Poseidon is from Aphrodite. Then three times as many degrees clockwise as Aphrodite is from Hera. Then twice as many degrees counterclockwise as Hera is from Artemis. Which god or goddess are you worshipping? Hmm. I, I, I don't know which one, Marn. Uh, the password was Hestia. <laughs> What's that, uh... What's that based on? Uh, it's the like the nodes on the omphalos. I think are like supposed to represent different gods. Okay. So it's just like a kind of a compass puzzle. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, they also got the email in a cipher of uh of different nodes on the omphalos. Um, but it was the city names, and they had to match the city names up to what number omphalos they were and those were like the those became the string of numbers in the email that they had to uh that they had to email um and they one of the players reached out and said uh greetings we need to arrange a time and location for the transfer we need to arrange time and location for the transfer. Due to recent discrepancies with the rings, the sooner it is transferred, the better. I'm currently with the cell in Dallas, Texas. There are two suitable locations, which would be ideal for a Saturday exchange. Um, and the, uh, the transporter 
replied, uh, great, let's do this. If you can get to this location in the next 10 days, then we can arrange for the dead drop. We'll need an hour to complete it. Bring multiple agents if you think it will make for a safer transport. Send me a date and time you could make it. If you can't get here, I'll have to wait for an agent who can. Perhaps you could contact one and introduce us. Um, okay. And they, they guessed that... Uh, the ring was going to be in uh, in Texas because the string of numbers that were in the email was a zip code for Texas. Okay. Uh, which is pretty smart, actually. Uh, and on July 25th, uh, they got an email with instructions regarding the dead drop, basically saying, like, stand on this very specific street corner between thirty <laughs> and 2... Disguise yourself as a street musician. At some point, I'll drop a tip in your hat. After 2 p.m., you'll use that tip to fu- figure out the location of the ring, which you'll retrieve immediately nearby. I will not stop to talk with you. If you attempt to follow me, I will contact a teammate and have the ring removed before you can get to it. That's incredible. That's amazing. That's so cool. You love a high-budget dead drop that doesn't go wrong somehow. I I love forcing a player to be a street musician. It's very like, that's, good. That's sick. It's perfect. <laughs> and it, it worked, too. Like, it went off. They went, they got uh, $2 that had parking lot 974 FLV written on them. They went to the parking lot. They got the rig. Hell yeah. We did it, folks. Uh, Only took us a hundred episodes. We found the dead drop that worked. (laughs) Marn, it's been wonderful doing this show with you. I've had a lot of a lot of ups and downs, uh, but I think it's time to bring it to an end. So thank you for a couple great years there. Uh, good night, everyone. (laughs) Episode a hundred. We finally did it. (laughs) We finally did it. Play us out, boys. Um, <laughs> this uh, this ring was uh, inscribed with "Come you, come all." The Olympics are the most magnificent event for you who can travel. How they strive! No, no Olympic person achieves below the highest limit of human athletic ability. Each athlete must take <laughs> except, the Olympic oath. <laughs> except for Nathan Shedd, consistently shits the bet. <laughs> Even from the opening ceremonies, they promise to sustain the spirit of sportsmanship. Um, and on this very same day, uh, the players recovered, uh, the ring from the Esperanto Society. It was in, it was hidden in a bathroom (laughs) and they took it and ran. Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, and this ring said, uh. The athletes numbered more than 2,540. The sum of sports is a testimony to human ability and creativity. I feel pride when the athletes of the same land come together. It is as a a monumental wave that flows through my heart. See, this is where the ARG starts to feel like... um, Like actual Olympics advertisement and propaganda. Like, I don't know. It feels like we've lost a bit of the, like multiversal madness and just gotten into like hey what would you expect to uh what would you expect this to be like and i'm saying this positively like yeah yeah, yeah. i i kind of like this development 
It's kind of fun. Uh, Ariadne on the 28th put out a blog entry that said, In your face, a message to the opposition. (laughs) (laughs) If you remember the 2008 opposition that I have bad news for you, it's pretty much game over. And this time we won. We have the sixth ring. I believe in your language, the phrase is neener, neener, neener. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she posted a vlog as well where uh, she was basically like, we literally walked out and stole your rings out from under your noses. You guys suck. Uh, <laughs> and posted a bunch of photos with uh, people who had found the rings, like wearing them and, <laughs> and yeah. just like hanging out with them. These are great. <laughs> Oh, these things are huge. Oh yeah, they're big. I thought these were like um like handheld size. I didn't think they were like finger rings, but wow, these like fit as a necklace. These are huge. Okay. Yeah, they're they're enormous, yeah. That's Someone cool. like custom sculpted these. Yeah, these are sick. I wasn't joking when I said that this is where all the budget went. Yeah, no, for real. Uh on the thirty first, Marcus sent an email. Uh, saying that he was tra- he was trying to book flights to Beijing, uh, but without anyone else knowing from the six. Uh, he said, I don't know yet whether I will manage to go to Beijing, therefore I haven't told anyone about it yet. I still don't know if I want to return to my home world. I have left Theo and fear that something horrible awaits me, but I want to help the other ones. Okay. On August 1st, uh, Ariadne... Uh, asked the players to make a guest podcast for Eli. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one of them did. Uh, they made a guest podcast about the anti-Kithera mecha- mechanism, uh, an ancient computer uh, that researchers that like actually existed, that like researchers had just like uncovered a lot about. Um, around around that time uh and eli was very impressed by it uh and wondered if anyone else could add to this interpretation uh said send me your guest podcasts (laughs) eli eli hunt was truly doing the pod jam before the pod jam was a thing (laughs) i wasn't gonna say anything or get upset about it uh (laughs) but damn i can't believe this guy beat us to it (laughs) <laughs> um yeah he he asked uh players to send him guest podcast so he didn't have to update his own feed i get it eli it's yeah i fine. get it i get it don't have to call me out <laughs> uh he also sent out a message saying that uh multi the multiversal olympic teams could have less people than uh they thought were required so it was not necessarily required uh to have 11 or 16 team members that was just like the maximum number okay. uh the olympic games were starting soon uh and the players were told that they would have to take the, so they uh, killed all the players. Good night, everyone. <laughs> yeah. That they would have to take the Agonathetai oath during the opening ceremony, uh, as was tradition to uh, recite. Cool. Uh, which is the oath about all of the parallel worlds being equally real. Okay. 
uh, 30 city labyrinths had been put together at this point. Uh, on August 8th, August 8th was the opening ceremony of the games. Uh, a bunch of the players got together in a chat room uh, to talk, uh, to like have an opening ceremony party and uh, discuss the sixth ring. I, uh, I will say, I know we were joking about whether or not people would uh, actually watch the Olympics because of this. Yeah. If I were involved in this ARG, I would probably watch the opening ceremony at least. I agree. I'm, I'm guaranteed to watch it because my wife is an Olympic sicko, but uh, other regardless, I would actively watch the Olympic ceremony and be like, where's that sixth ring? Come on. Uh, once they had received all five rings, they got a uh, a message that said, Five in one athletes fulfill, 11 by design. The most important sport, 40 running from the opening ceremonies travel. The world must align almost perfectly. Calculate the goal. It is the sum of the sport below the highest limit. Return to your home during the closing ceremonies. Flare. Find the closest mon- monumental wave through m- which you must travel. Uh, and over the course of, uh, chatting about this, they were able to kind of break this down, uh, into multiple missions. Uh, the five in one dilemma was, uh, does one of the six travelers have to stay in this world? Uh, or can one of them travel some other way? And how would they pick which one stays? Uh, the 40 stadia from the opening ceremonies, uh, were 40 uh, spots in a ring uh, around the National Stadium in Beijing uh, that they would use as landmarks to prepare the last labyrinth. Um, 11 by design meant they needed to uh, complete an 11 circuit labyrinth. Um and monumental wave, uh, find the closest monumental wave that th- through you must travel. Uh, they thought possibly related to the Great Wall of China because it was the closest monument at uh, to uh, the Beijing Olympics. Okay. Um, and cool. fl- and flare they thought referred to uh the largest synchronizing action happening at the closing ceremonies. If 91,000 bodies are doing it, we have to be doing it too. (laughs) Uh, Eli was especially interested in the five in one question. Uh, And he thought that one of the ally, one of the six uh, may choose to stay. Uh, he said, we are working under the theory that one ally must remain, and we have based this theory on the fact that one of the original travelers stayed to found the opposition. Well, was that traveler forced to stay by the five-in-one principle, or did that traveler choose to stay based on a desire to oppose the other Ganathetai? How did the six mu- get here in the first place if one must stay behind while the six travel? Huh. Yeah. Um, And he 
one of the players emailed him back and said, um, I can't help thinking that the five and one principle exists because not all six travelers have the same kind of journey to make. One of them is traveling to this world type, while the others have a larger leap to make to a world with different landforms. Do you think this idea is wrong? Uh, and Eli said, hello, I do not think it is wrong at all. I think you may be right that all six travel, but that traveling to a Gaia world from this Gaia world is somehow a different process. But how? I feel like I'm being asked, like, final exam questions, and I'm <laughs> just like, oh, uh, I didn't study interdimensional travels. Yeah. I'm not sure, Mr. Podcast. Yeah. Uh, Noriko met up with... Uh, Kentaro from the other six, uh, who's a member of Theo. Uh, he contacted her and said he wanted to talk to persuade him to join Theo. Uh, and she wanted to meet with him to persuade him to come back to the six, uh, to be a backup runner and then eventually to go home with the rest of the six. Um, and she kind of tried to logic him into joining the six. Uh, and he said that he would think about it. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, he would think about it and then maybe cho possibly choose to go home in 2012. Um, he said it was impossible to think of going to Beijing next week. Uh, but if they proved that they could do it, he would he would help and go back in 2012. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ariadne posted a blog basically saying that she was having some second thoughts. Uh, she was worried that the plan in Beijing wouldn't work and that maybe she would navigate to the wrong world um, and that she was going to have to leave her her new friend Kai behind that maybe he would lose it like James did and become evil. <laughs> Got that time travel madness. Yeah. Uh, she said, uh, whether I try to go home or not, I will be in Beijing. That's my purpose, to leave the team at the Multiverse Ol Olympiad, and I will fulfill it. On August 14th, uh, Eli sent out a email saying, basically, uh, I think... My theory on like the five in one thing is that, uh, one person has to travel from the site of the original Omphalos in Delphi. Um, and so while everyone else is in Beijing, uh, one person has to go to Delphi. But I think that it's Ariadne. And Ariadne responded with a blog post saying, I don't want to do that, basically. <laughs> a cracked article titled Five Reasons I Don't Want to Get Stuck by the Time Vortex. Yeah. Uh, and said, uh, maybe I am the one who's rescued Adelphi. It makes sense. It feels right. It, but it doesn't matter if I'm the one, because I'm also not the one. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not doing it. Yeah. And basically said, I'm going to Beijing. Um, I'm going to, like, I'm going to wait, uh, and, like, if, if anything happens, I'll just go home in 2012 with Kentaro and Renata, um, and whoever else I can recruit, um, and I don't want to, like, go to Delphi and try something crazy, so, like, if Eli wants to test that theory, then let him go, 
to <laughs> Delphi and do it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and he posted a podcast called The Story of the Lost Rings, basically confirming that that was what he was going to do. <laughs> uh, and he said that he was going to go to Delphi and help uh, and take Ariadne's place in the portal between the universes. All right. Yeah. Uh, Marcus joined the rest of the six again. Uh, and the allies got ready to leave for Beijing. Uh, a bunch of them met up. Some of them ended up meeting each other at uh, the airport. Um, and everyone started arriving in Beijing. Uh, they uh, Ariadne posted a blog post that said, Goodbye, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> um and Eli had sent out a thing that said, If my plan works, my voice will no longer be the official voice of this legend. Yours will. I need you to tell our history. Perhaps some of you are willing to try your hand. We need a video to show the others the history of our journey together, so that future Organothetai will know everything we've accomplished. If you could make such a video, I will be truly grateful. And Marn is now the official podcast historian. The new Eli. Marn last name. Marn, take a bow. <laughs> Apparently. So everyone arrived in Beijing. Uh, they checked out the labyrinth location. Uh, Ariadne finally arrived. She was the last one to get there on August 20th. Uh, the multiverse Olympiad began. Uh, and the championship teams were introduced. Um, the different, like, the members of the six discussed how to, uh, to help Renata, um, and realized that the fake desynchronization video that, or ritual that had been created by the Cooper team, the secret player group that people <laughs> thought was a game jack, uh -huh. uh, could help Renata, like, regain Theo's trust. Uh, and so they, they performed it. Um, and they also sent a email out to players that said, uh, well, so the players found out that they were performing it via Mayhui walked in on it and, and made a blog post that was like, whoa, I watched it everyone doing a desynchronization ritual and I'm very worried that, like, they're doing Theo stuff. Um, and Diego sent out an email to everyone that said, it's not what it seems, trust me. Don't tell Mayhui that I told you. We'll need your help very soon. We need something that we cannot do, and definitely not from here. We are not Theo, trust us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Larissa, shortly after, put up a blog entry uh, saying that like they had explained to Mayhui that like the the ritual was fake and they like need a plan to uh to help Renata like still have her in with Theo. Uh and Diego emailed the players and said, um we need to contact Theo in a secret way. What method did you all use to contact Theo secretly in the past? Let's use that and then send Thermantia an email directing her down that path. Uh 
that path, of course, would lead to Mayhui's video of us doing the ritual. Also, sorry to have you. Sorry to have to ask you guys this, but we need this extremely fast. <laughs> and so, uh, a group of the players uh, emailed Thermantia, the like Theo uh, insider who um, had befriended Mayhui, and said uh, they said, uh, I am aware of your interest in how the history of antiquity relates to the efforts of Theo. And I was wondering if you were interested in how some recent skepticism about the Beijing Olympics might be important too. It seems a bit crazy on first read, but upon closer inspection, you'll find it quite helpful, I'm sure. Uh, and it had a hidden message in bacon code that said, it seems our enemies in Beijing are not as home free as they thought. You may be interested in this video. Uh, tinyurl.com slash desync. Uh, and it led to Mayhui's video of everyone doing the desynchronization ritual. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and so they, they successfully convinced, uh, Theo that like Renata was still, uh, involved and they, uh, she got to like still have her in with them. Uh, and on August 23rd, uh, a bunch of the six posted goodbye videos. Uh, Larissa posted a blog saying that uh, Theo trusts Renata again and that she's been uh, promoted. Um, everyone in the six said goodbye. There was a video posted of Team Beijing doing the, uh, the labyrinth. Um, and... They, uh, they were able to get ready at the Great Wall, and Ariadne posted a, a couple blog posts kind of just, like, updating everyone, and, like, videos of, uh, of everyone saying goodbye and doing the rituals, and she said, we said goodbye one more time, and then the allies went home. It happened almost exactly as Eli Hunt described. We were lucky Kai was able to be at the closing ceremonies. As soon as the crowd started the official Beijing cheer, he called me, and I was able to get the travelers in sync. By the time the whole stadium was doing the cheer, I had blacked out and the travelers were gone. Before we let them go, I was pretty emotional at the Great Wall. Here are some of our goodbyes to each other. You can see in the second one that James got a tattoo to help him travel. Trovutoria. I hope he finds her. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the last we'll ever see of Marcus, Lucy, Noriko, Mehui, Diego, and James? Will they figure out how to return here again? Will any allies come back in 2012? I hope so. It was the last thing we talked about before they left, that we would try to see each other again for the next Summer Olympics. We made that promise to each other. The idea of never seeing each other again is inconceivable after the week we spent together here in Beijing and the months we spent with all of you online and at lost sport training events. Can we make it happen? I don't know yet. But if we can, the Lost Sport will be back for London, and we'll see you again for the next great multiverse synchronization. That's a promise. Hell and, yeah. Yeah. And on August 25th, Ariadne posted her final blog post, uh, just kind of wrapping everything up, collecting all of the videos that have been taken at uh, the Multiverse Olympics, um, saying that she knows that she will see Eli Hunt again. And that he was off learning the secrets of the multiverse to come back and teach us. Uh, and that the six allies and their friends and family have vowed to try and keep in touch however 
they can. We believe we'll be together again. We are too connected now to go our separate ways. Our paths are forever aligned. They just are. Nothing can change that. Not even the most powerful opposition team in the world. Okay. Uh, and she also said, um, cut. And in the meantime, Kai said he saw a vision of us still together during the closing ceremonies. Somehow the bird's nest, the biggest omphalos on this planet, was able to transmit data from a parallel world where we all stayed together for some reason. When I miss you guys, I will imagine that world. And I will always wonder what in the parallel world brought us to that decision. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, And she closed out by saying... Uh, finally, to all of you who created Team Agonathetai for 2008, I feel that our paths are forever aligned as well. We started as a totally confused team of six in six countries on five continents. Now we are a powerful team of thousands in more than a hundred countries. We alone in this world know the secrets of the Olympiad. We alone know our ancient strengths. We alone in this world can see our lives branching and aligning, branching and aligning as we make decisions and as we imagine how they've changed our lives and the world around us. In 1920, the International Olympic Committee introduced the five rings to the world on the Olympic flag. In 2008, we introduced the sixth ring to the world. We have a place in Olympic history in this world. Thank you, guys. I know we'll play again together someday. Love, or as Eli Hunt would say, sincerely yours, Ariadne in this world and Alex in another. May they someday be aligned. Hell yeah. And that's it, baby. Well, hell yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's a good ending. I like that. Yeah, I like that it ends on, like, our story has ended, but maybe someday again we'll we'll solve puzzles. (laughs) It's good. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, Marn, does this make you excited to watch the 2026 Olympics in a country that I don't think is announced yet? Uh, it sure does. <laughs> Have they announced the location? I actually don't know. Uh, they're going to be in Italy. They're going to be in Milan. I'd go to Italy for the Olympics. Yeah, I agree. I'd go to Italy for a sandwich. Like, I would go to Italy just to go to Italy. Yeah, I've never been to Italy. I would go to Italy. Me neither. Huh. Good to know. Um, the the next Olympics are actually in 2024, by the way. Oh, because they do. It's like staggered summer and winter, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. That's right. Well, ignore me then. <laughs> uh, Marn, what do you think about the puzzles in this ARG? Uh, they're fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I would give them like a five, maybe a six. I I like the riddles about the Olympics. I like that thematic tie-in. I like the riddles. I like that they were able to successfully pull off so many real-life pickups and dead drops. Yeah. So I I guess I'll I'll upgrade it to like a seven. Okay. Because I didn't I didn't think about that fact. Like we we did kind of let that fall into the background that there were like actual real-life dead drops happening. Yeah, and a lot of them, not just one yeah. that like was a coin flip on if it would work. Yeah, no, like twenty five or more of them. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, yeah. I I agree with you. The puzzles themselves not super cool. I liked how they tied some into the uh, actual Olympics, but they weren't. I don't know. Not always my cup of tea. Um, but I do like their their commitment to doing things live and it going well. That was really cool. Yeah, I agree. What do you think of the plot of this one? I think it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. It's not my favorite plot we've ever covered. Yeah, it uh, 
it takes a while to get going. Like, it's definitely a slow burn. I think it has interesting ideas. I think that it quite often doesn't really know what to do with those ideas. I I agree with that. And I think it's a shame that, like, we kind of joked in our last episode that anytime they introduced something that was, like, really cool, the thing was just the plot of everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Um, Which is, (laughs) you know, like... Uh, obviously that movie came out, you know, 15 years after this ARG, but, um, that felt weird to say out loud, but I think that my math is pretty right on that. Ow. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like, uh, I, I think that that's, it's a neat concept, even if, and even if I do agree with you that it's not like always executed in a way that really makes it worth the concept itself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I am with you. How uh, how replayable is this one? How uh, how maintained? How kept is this? Uh, it's fairly well maintained. There are some. There are definitely some like videos and emails that are missing. Um, I'll I'll link you the wiki so that we can just like put it in the show notes. But yeah, if you if you want to go on the wiki and like further dive into any of the like emails or blog entries that we only briefly touched on uh go for it there is a lot there hell yeah yeah and last but not least marn how fun is this one i'd give it like a seven i yeah i think i'd i'd go a little lower than that i think this one not my cup of tea despite there being a lot of elements that should be my cup of tea um not really for me but i do think it's pretty cool overall yeah I'll go with like a six, six. Yeah. Six sounds good to me. That's fair. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. So do you want to get into, do you have any recommendations for us this week? I do. Uh, My recommendation is go listen to the new Tom Cardi album. It's on Bandcamp and Spotify. Hell yeah. Tom Cardi. Yeah. He's an Australian comedy musician. I like him a lot. You've probably seen his videos on TikTok or YouTube or whatever. Um, his new album came out like last week, two weeks ago. Uh, it's called Big Dumb Idiot. It's really good. Cool. Yeah. I will link that in the show notes. <laughs> that's that's my whole recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, well, in that case, uh, my recommendation is for... Um, I've been sick with a cold all the, a good chunk of this past week, so I've spent a lot of it in bed uh, reading, and I read a manga series that I really liked called The Fable, um, hmm. which is, uh, Marn, it's what if uh, Patriot or Barry was a manga? Ooh, I'm looking that up right now. This It's, it's a really good manga. So it's a really cool manga series about a um, basically a hitman who's like, just a prodigy of, of hit Manning um, who has been ordered by his boss to spend a year laying low in a small town uh, and to not kill anyone. Uh, and hijinks ensue as he gets tied in with the local mob and uh, has to find himself a part-time job. Um, all in all, it's a really, f- it's a really fun series. It starts off pretty slice of life and fun. And then, uh, as things uh, screws start to turn a little bit tighter and a little bit tighter, and it uh, ultimately kind of turns into like almost a tone piece about how to refine yourself. Um, it's really cool. I like it a lot. And then 
this is vague spoilers, but they ended the first run of the series after 20 something volumes. And um, it ended on a note where the author was like able to move the story forward into a new direction. And then COVID hit and stopped them from being able to create the manga, it seems like. And so they paused for a while and then they decided, actually, I'm going to incorporate this into the work. And so the, the, uh, like Hitman second or not Hitman, uh, the fable second contract, I think is the name of like the spinoff or sequel, whatever you want to call it, uh, is about like, well, that didn't work because of COVID. So now we're back in this hometown and here's a new thing that I'm doing, which is a fascinating way to spin off a uh, sequel and the direction that it ends up going because of that is way more interesting to me than the initial idea behind the, uh, behind just the spinoff would have been. So it's really cool. Uh, that second one is still ongoing. Um, but the first series has ended, but yeah, the fable is what it's called. Um, really good, really fun. I like it a lot. I literally just looked it up and, uh, and bookmarked it so that I could go check it out later. Hell yeah. Uh, my other recommendation, my other recommendation is Dayquil. Dayquil rules. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is the other thing that has gotten me through this week. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, and on that note, I think that we're going to call it a night. So, if you want to find us, you can do so. We're still on Twitter. Uh, that's at Argonauts Pod. Uh, otherwise, you can find us individually. I am at co-host Sherms. I am at Corpse Survivors. And you can find us also on uh, on co-host under those same usernames, I think. Uh, yes. We. Yeah, I I'm co I'm I'm corpse survivors wherever I care to have people find me on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, and if you don't want to find us on social media, you can do so. We uh, have an email address uh, that's argonautspodcast at gmail Shoot us a message and see what is up. Uh, so until next time, that's ARGS, baby. You know, Tony? What's up, Roma? I want to learn about a lot of shit. But, uh, well, Roma, you don't... You don't have the time to learn all of the shit. There's too much shit. No. But you know what? What? You could learn more shit in very quick ways. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, got, you got a lot of friends, and your friends know shit. And your friends, <gasps> they could probably just yell shit at you in like 30 to 45 minute intervals, and then you can acquire an approximate knowledge of all of the shit, and then you could know all the things. But, but how? I don't know, probably like a podcast format. You know what? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you can listen to the hyperfixation anywhere that you listen to podcasts, thanks to the Moonshot Network, and acquire your new hyperfixation with me. 